say? This is your boy, Marchy Murdoch, a.k.a. King March, a.k.a. March. And this is my very first podcast episode of The Last Word with March, man. I want to thank everybody that is listening right now and taking the time to, you know, actually come listen to my show. Um, we're going to have some very good content on this show, um, along with the people that we interview uh, each episode. But before we introduce our guest for today's episode, here is a brief message from our sponsor, Anchor. All right. Now, before I introduce this man, um, I just want to give out y'all my thoughts and some of his accolades. This man I'm about to introduce is one of my favorite teammates of all time and one of the best men I've been around. He works extremely hard, even though just off ability, um, you know, he had that to go into the NFL. But make no mistake about it. He he worked for everything he had. Um, He's one of my closest friends, um, my ex-Iowa State or my Iowa State teammate. and, you know, we're just great friends today. Um, Alan Lazard. But first, let me get y'all his accolades. So, USA Today High School All-American, um, Army All-American Bowl participant, um, two-time first team, all Big 12 in 2016 and 2017 at Iowa State. Um, I don't know how this happened. <clears throat> second team, all Big 12 in 2015. Um, I guess I don't know how he was second team, but um, – he holds the career records at Iowa State for career receptions with 241 catches, career receiving yards with 3,360 yards, single-season touchdowns with 10 in 2017, consecutive games with the receptions with 48, consecutive 100-yard receiving games with four, and 100-yard receiving games um, in his career with 12. And this is my man, Alan Lazar. Alan, how you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me, March. Appreciate What's good, you. my brother? Yes, sir. Appreciate you for being on, man. Um, I know, uh, you know, you're with the Packers now and um, had a tough ending with the with the season and, in, and with the loss to the 49ers in the NFC Championship. Talk about that and talk about how uh, your offseason has been going and how you're adjusting to this coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. So, um, obviously, this, the season didn't end the way we wanted it to, but uh, obviously we, we still got to – um, a place to where, you know, I think we were, we were all satisfied and we overachieved um, a lot of people's expectations. Um, so, you know, it was a great year, especially for me personally, as far as just getting some playing time, you know, getting a few, my first start and whatnot. And then as well, just getting the experience of playing the playoffs um, and making it to the NFC Championship games. So, you know, it was a great year. It was a great experience. Um, as far as now, um, I'm down in Phoenix. Down in Phoenix, Arizona right now with my teammate, Manny Wilkins. And we just got a spot. And as far as this whole Corona thing, we're basically just chilling at the house every single day, playing video games, um, swimming, and working out. So is swimming like the main thing that you're doing for as like a workout regimen? Um, not, not really. I've only swam probably like three or four times now. And it was just kind of just to get a dip, really. And, I mean, I was doing, like, <clears throat> I would get in the pool and I'd, like, kind of lean against the side, you know. You remember we did that one workout at the pool? Yeah, yeah we always just and, do you know, that. I, I, was, yeah. I was trying to do some stuff like that, just getting some movement in the water. Because mm-hmm. um, the water is still kind of cold right now. But uh, mm-hmm. but, it, but it's starting to kick up the heat. Um, so it's about to get real toasty here soon. Um, and I'll start going to the pool a lot more and actually getting um, – a solid, solid workout in there. Right. Um, so 
with with that so right actually right now you're not actually like training at home you're kind of just chilling since obviously you know OTAs has been canceled and things like that it's been postponed or whatever um so you're just basically chilling resting up because it has kind of been a long season for you so it kind of makes sense to kind of use this extra time to, to rest up yeah absolutely I mean, I'm trying to get as much work in as possible you know I wish I could I wish I had access to a, our barbell and like a whole weight room where I could get some actual work in. Right. But right now, you know, I'm just adjusting using a bunch of bands, um, doing a bunch of body weight stuff, push-ups, sit-ups, um, body squats. Uh, yesterday, yesterday actually, Manny and I went and ran routes uh, mm-hmm. with Kirk. So, you know, we got some working on the field too. So, we're, you know, we're just trying to keep up as much as possible and, and you know, be able to honing our craft too right do you have any uh well before before the coronavirus where was your off-season uh vacation plans um well i came down when i first came down here it was like early march um before all this kind of really blew up and i was training at fishers mm-hmm. and what i was just planning really was just train there every day and then kind of just explore the city um you know kind of just get out um do some shopping and stuff you know i was planning on going to la a couple times probably, but really nothing too big because we were going to report back to uh, we're going to report back to Green Bay on the eighth of April. Right. Um, that's when we were, that's when we were planning to go back. I'm um, be able to get adjusted um, a few days, a few or a few weeks before we actually had to start going. So um, I didn't have like too many big plans, but um, you know now it's just kind of <laughs> adjusting every single day. Right. Right. So, um, we're going to go into, not a lot of people know your story. So, obviously, I, I've been with you a lot, um, especially throughout the past years. For sure. Um, so, your dad was pretty much a big deal at Iowa State. He was a team captain. Um, and then, obviously, you became, you were Army All-American. You became a, you you decided to pick Iowa State, and you ended up becoming a team captain. So, what was your – what basically – why did you pick Iowa State? And how, what did it mean for you to actually, you know, become a captain and have all these – break all these records and pretty much arguably become, like, the best wide receiver in Iowa State history? Yeah, so, like you said, my dad – my dad attended Iowa State from 89 to 94. Um, <clears throat> he was a captain his senior year. Uh, I don't think he got a – any back then it was the big eight but i don't think he got any all conference um recognition or anything like that but mm-hmm. he, he he definitely had an impact you know on, on a lot of his teammates and the university um and i know from what i've heard from his teammates and former coaches that you know they have nothing but positive things to say about him um so just kind of growing up and just you know watching him and him bringing me around the university taking me to the football games and whatnot um meeting his old teammates you know, I was, I saw the impact that he had on other people and especially at that university. <clears throat> and so that's something that I, I think I idolized a lot growing up. And that's kind of how I fell in love with Iowa State. Um, you know, my mom, my mom attended Iowa State as well. And that's where they met. Um, and so Iowa State was just kind of just in my blood, especially growing up no more than 30, 40 minutes away from campus. And so, um, where are they going with this? I had I had 
like I, like you said, I had a bunch of offers in high school. Um, Oregon, Notre Dame, Iowa State, uh, Nebraska, OSU, just a couple of them. But uh, the reason why I picked Iowa State was because, one, I committed. I committed my junior year um, in December. And I've always been a person to stand by their word and their commitment. Right. You know, I always want to follow through um, with things that I say or um, actions that I do. So that was a big reason why I wanted to stay committed. And even though, you know, at the time that I was enrolling, the previous season they finished three and nine, you know, and it wasn't mm-hmm. looking too pretty. But, you know, I, I had a lot of high hopes and ambitions for the university uh, right. or for our, for our team, but also just for me as an individual as well. Um, but, you know, I, I would be lying if I said I didn't contemplate going to, switching my commitment to Notre Dame. Um, actually, but what really sold me was just one, the fan base at Iowa State. It was just how much they loved and supported me, as well as other um, teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, was to me, it was, it was the best. And you know, when I closed my eyes and I envisioned playing college football, I only saw myself putting on Cardinal and gold. Right. And so that's how I knew that you know Iowa State was the place I, I wanted to go. Um, but yeah. So, I know some Notre Dame fans, if they're hearing this, they're definitely disappointed, um, obviously, with, with your success. <laughs> um, I actually didn't know you committed your junior year. I thought you committed, like, your senior year. Um, I actually, yeah, so I committed, actually. Um, Coach Rhodes had came up to, the high, to my high school, and it was right before my basketball practice. It was, like, in the afternoon. It was mm-hmm. 2.30. And I had told my best friend, uh, Lillard, um, you know, that I wanted to commit to Iowa State. Because at that time, he had just committed to Kansas State, too, for baseball. Okay. And so Coach Rhodes came up to the school, and we were in my coach's office just talking, whatever. And one thing led another, and I just told him, you know, I wanted to commit to Iowa State. <laughs> and he, he told me this. <laughs> the first thing he said, he goes, shut up. <laughs> said, I'll be damned. Slap the chair and then fucking, oh, you told me to stand up and give him a hug. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that drive back, he was speeding. He was calling everybody, speeding, letting all the coaches know. He probably was calling his wife, everything. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I ended up calling Coach Burnham, I remember, after that. But I didn't even tell my parents. I didn't tell no, my coach. Oh, I didn't tell man. anyone. So, you know, I kind of came home that night and told my parents, like, and they were like, oh, my, you know, they were shocked. Like, yeah. you know, we hadn't talked anything about it, but obviously they were very, very thrilled. Because obviously most kids in that situation, you know, with the way Iowa State had been, they typically look to go somewhere else, go to somewhere with more of a tradition, with more of Absolutely. a like, kind of a powerhouse program. So it was kind of a big surprise for you obviously to commit to Iowa State with them being, you know, I wouldn't say mediocre, but we've been pretty average for a little while. Uh, Absolutely. And, and, you know, like, you know, being from Texas and everything, like right. if someone has an option between going to Iowa State or staying home in Texas, right, more than likely they're going to choose that because they want to be ho- closer to home. Right. And, and whatnot. And like you said, we don't have as much success in the past um, as much as we are at, are at least today. Um, so you, to make that commitment valuable. Right. So you get to Iowa State, and obviously you have all these high hopes of changing the program and things like that. And you get there, you're kind of you're, – you're doing well. 
um, your first, you know, two, three, two, three years, but the program's pretty, pretty much not doing well. Talk about that and tell me how you were feeling at that point in time. Yeah. So every year, you know, I go into the season thinking I'm going to, you know, go undefeated. Like I, I don't, I, I've never once, you know, gone into a yeah. game or any competition thinking that I'm going to lose. You know, right. that's just never really been a part of my, my nature at all. Um, but after those three years, you know, of constantly losing, you know, first year we went two and 10 and three and nine, three and nine. And it just makes, you know, those, those winter workouts 10 times harder. Yeah. You know, and it makes oh, you question, yeah. it makes you question like, you know, why are you doing this when you're seeing no benefits? Right. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of that, you know, what coach Campbell always said, you know, what you do in the dark will, will, will shine in the light. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's really how I felt looking back on my time at Iowa State, you know, especially those three years. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, like you said, you know, I first, I first got there and, you know, I, I had high hopes and everything. And then I was really odd, you know, <laughs> like you experienced, you know, I'm sure Illinois, your freshman year, you're introduced to college football. You know, yes. you're introduced to the politics of it. You're introduced to level of the game, you know, how much different it is, uh, what your expectations are. Yeah, yeah. all that stuff. You know, and, and it's it's a lot different than high school. And so there was definitely an adjustment period. But at the same time, I was ready because, you know, I played as a true freshman and everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there, the first year or so, um, you know, <laughs> I, I had never – I have never experienced playing against press man until I got to college. Oh, yeah. Because in high school, I mean, I got press, but yeah. it wasn't it – wasn't, a, a DB from Texas. It wasn't, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, yeah. Because that's all, that's, <laughs> that, I mean, that's, if you were good, speed, you go to the strength, camps. That's length. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, and the competition I was playing in Iowa was never that. And, right. and like you said, like, the you know, the first real time I got pressed was in high school, during those high school camps when I went to the opening and the mm-hmm. rivals and like all that stuff. You know, when, when I went down to the Army game, um, you know, that was the first time I got pressed too down there. So like, then when I first got to college, I just remember like I couldn't get off the line. Yeah, you know I was I was struggling because I wasn't used to it, and you know that was a huge adjustment for me. Right, and and it was you know something that I still kind of work on today too. Of just you know I've never, you know I, I those first four years of really like you know high school football and learning that stuff, um, I was kind of behind on. Yeah, so Coach Campbell, Coach Campbell uh, comes in and uh, you know. A kid from Arlington, Texas, also comes in by the name of Archie Murdoch. I don't know if you heard of him. Uh, um, you but, sat right behind me that first meeting. I was like, yeah, man, who is this dude? Yeah, who is this dude? Hey, it's crazy because obviously a lot of people don't know that. People just assume that I got there that summer, but I didn't get there yeah. until the day before of camp because I had to finish camp. school at Illinois. Yeah. So obviously, like it was, it was like I said, like I had said before, it was kind of like a hurricane. Like it was just like, boom, like I'm literally leaving all the, the brothers that I had left behind at Illinois that, you know, I've been with for mm-hmm. three and a half years and now I'm starting a new journey at Iowa state. So it was kind of like surreal. And I kind of like me personally, I had to look like a little ego when I went there, I was like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to come here. I'm going to start and things like that. I'm going to play and I'm going to play these next two years. And I'm Go to the NFL. Then when you get, then when I got to Iowa State, I was like, "Dang, like, bro, we got some, we got some really good receivers here. Like, like everybody's, 
you know, making plays, like even from the from you to Keem to you know Dondre, yeah, to to everybody at the bottom. Deshaun, like even Miles you know, Deshante didn't have any typical type of hype or anything, but he came in and he flat out mm-hmm. balled. Even Salt, our boy Salt, like Salt, literally yeah. was leading the, had the most catches and. Yeah, 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 he had the most catches and most touchdowns, and you know what I'm saying. He didn't even get it, really get a chance to play like that. So it was just, it was just crazy to see the type of talent we had. And so, like that, my first year there, we went three and nine. But it was crazy because I remember y'all saying like, um, like you know, I would like I we y'all would tell me about games like the the Kansas State game when y'all on the road and y'all were up big y'all would tell me about games where you know against Oklahoma State where you're winning the whole game and then at the end we just couldn't get it done so I was like yeah so you know like I'm thinking well I'm gonna change that and so when I get there the first year and it's like and it's like we were beating Baylor we literally score a touchdown every drive until the last two drives and we end up losing on our last second field goal I mean it was just things like that so going into that offseason it was it was like it was it, different. Yeah, we yeah. kind of like drew the line. It was kind of like real. It got real personal. You could see like guys like you, David, uh, Deshante, Joel, Joel, Campos. Like, yeah, like instead of like guys going out on up. yes, instead of like going out on Friday nights or any or even if you did, because like we're college students, even if we did, but like Saturday mornings we were there. Yeah. You know, working out, getting some work in, yeah, getting yeah. some type of Watching working, film or something, right? Yeah. And so, did you kind of like start to see a transition that off season, like even in the spring, as to kind of like you know we, you know this? I don't think this season is going to be different because I felt that I felt that too. Like I started looking at the schedule, like yo, like I know we can win every game, but like I know we can win every game now. Like I always feel like we're going to go undefeated. But there's mm-hmm. kind of like that. There's still that stigma that that monkey on your back. There's someone talking to your ear, like, you know, you haven't been able to get it done. You've got to, you got to prove it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think I I want to get your reaction on this, but I felt like going into that, like after experiencing that winter, it, it just felt like things were different. A hundred percent. And you know, I would give a lot of that credit to David. Honestly, yeah. you know, I think yeah, he David, had, had, had kind of started it for real. A hundred percent. You know, he was the guy that really stopped going out and was just really in the in the in the in the facility on Fridays and Saturdays, you know, working out for a couple hours, you know, and it was infectious, you know. And then you mm-hmm. started seeing the, the twins there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then you and then you started seeing more of the young guys there, and then you know, then I started showing up, you know what I'm saying? And then it just kind of became a team thing and almost really resetting the standard of right. you know these are the expectations you know like this is a thing now like you need to come in and get your work in when you're not required to right like and, it was, and you know like it was I, basically you know, I, required to like like you need to be in there saturday doing something whether it was yes, like you have, just you have, you have to put your yeah 100 percent. you have to put your extra hours in and whatnot and um you know that's something that you know i think really paid off um, for us, you're know, going going to that season, like you said, and um, another just having Coach Campbell for another year. You know, I think him and his staff, you know, were obviously a huge huge part of that reasoning for our success, and you know, really coaching and guiding 
and mentoring us young men at the time of just, you know, being, being better people and obviously being better football players as well, but just really resetting the standard I would say. Exactly. And then, you know, we went into the season and um, we started off fast, obviously, you know, beat you and I, and then we, you know, we couldn't get over that hump the next week against that team out East, which like I said, that was kind of like the, um, that was like the that was, was like the like final straw. Yeah, it was like deja vu, and it kind of you know because pretty much that we really had that win, and, and and we 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 threw it away. Yeah, like, yeah, we we, we really threw it away. We gave it away again, and then you know we kind of bounced back versus Akron, and then we had the Texas loss where we kind of played like really bad. If offense played really bad in front of yeah. you know, pretty much everybody on national TV because we play on a Thursday, and then we have a bye week. And there's a couple of things that go down. Our starting quarterback gets uh, kind of gets, you know, in, in a little bit of trouble, gets suspended. And then oh. there's a guy named Kyle Kemp that had just been waiting his turn that hasn't played basically uh, since. None but like five snaps. Yeah, he hasn't played pretty much I don't know ever. If he played at Oregon State. Yeah, he didn't play. No, he, played, he, played, he played at Juco the year before. Yeah, he played. He hadn't played since Juco. Um, oh. And he hadn't played actual Division One t- like meaningful time ever. Um, this was his first start, and he ends up starting against the number four team in the country on the road. And the eventual Heisman winner, Baker Mayfield, is the starting quarterback on the opposite side. I don't know about you, but that whole week I was nervous. Uh, I was nervous, but there was a sense of calmness that I knew that Kyle – knew the plays like he knew his reads that's the okay, only yeah. thing i knew but it's different playing on the road at oklahoma than boy playing at practice so yeah, i was worried I, I was like i said i've never gone into a game thinking that we're going to lose yeah but <laughs> i'm also a real realistic person and you know the the, the, you know, we played the OU the, the last year, remember? And we yeah, really – we, we played We kept it within, well. like, 14 – I think we lost by 10, actually. Yeah, I think lost, it was, like, 30 – It was, like, a seven-point game going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, we had a we – were, we were really only a few plays for making it, you know, a really close game or not. So, I knew that about Oklahoma and that one, two, that their defense wasn't like that. You know, so I knew, you know, for as far as me and the impact that I could have on the game, um, I knew this is, you know, one of the one of the games where they won't isolate me or they will isolate me a lot more rather than getting getting doubles. Right. Um, but yeah, I was I was a little nervous, but I was what, what the most nervous I was was like after like the first or second series, you know, we were down quick, bro. Like man. fourteen, you know what I'm saying? We oh, had like five man. plays. That's when plays. uh besides Baker torching us, they had that one running back. Uh, it was a well, really a couple of running backs. They was just running the ball on us, and then that's when I first was introduced to CD Lamb. He had that crazy touchdown run. I was like, "Yo, this is gonna be a long, long day." But then it kind of it, it was kinda, after that. Yeah, it was. Kinda, I remember seeing. I remember coming off the field for the, like after the second drive because we went three and out, three and out. And they scored, scored. And I'm just like, Lord, just please don't make it one of these, you know, like, because it just felt like it. You yeah. know, I got the, 
it just you know I got that deja vu of you know yeah because you know my, it's my freshman year you know it's crazy I had watched the game you you remember you know how the facility the football facility is when you first mm-hmm. walk in and it's that picture of you catching the ball over the Oklahoma player so I had watched mm-hmm. that game and it was like yo like I just knew there was no way we were going there and we were getting blown out like that like there was no way um so when we were down like that I'm like yo this this just can't happen and we kind of we I'm pretty sure we scored and then they kind of the, 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 what really broke the seal was we ran that swing pass to David on yeah, our sideline and line. he made the crazy and, moves and I had cracked cracked the uh, linebacker um whatever and yeah, he had took that took that shit up the sideline and kind of cut back across the field. And that was like our first big play. Yeah. And you know, then we ended up scoring. Right. And kind of just getting this thing rolling from there. If if I'm not mistaken, the and then Keem had that big play before half and it was twenty four ten and then we got a field goal and made it twenty four thirteen. If I'm yep. if I'm not mistaken. Um and then halftime we kinda like settled down like bro, they they're not their defense is not that good at all. Mm-hmm. Their, their secondary was very soft. Um, they didn't want to tackle. If we, if we get on, the, if big. we get on, yeah, if we get on the perimeter, we could literally have big plays left and right. So that was the game plan. Like we got to just get on the outside and make their DBs tackle, whether it's running the ball or like passing. That's and so, uh, we so then, two bubbles. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. I don't think we. Crazy. I don't think we, bro. That ass. I don't think we, didn't, we ever scored on a bubble before that. I don't. I don't remember scoring on a bubble. Ever. We barely like, got ten yards. Like you, maybe y'all. When when you were there earlier on, um, in your career. I don't think so. Before we didn't me, run bubbles like that. Yeah. So it was, but it was crazy, bro. This is when I knew the game was a little different. So we came out of halftime. And we we drove the ball all the way down, but then we kicked the field goal. And then you remember Baker and them drove right down. I was like, bro, please, like, do something. And and then they fumbled. And Joel got that. And Joel got it. So I was like, whoa, this game's kind of getting a little – like it's it like you you, we we had that feeling on the sideline, like, yo, we just need a touchdown. Like we need a touchdown. And so then it's like third and fifteen, third down. We, I think, I want to say we called all was go. Backed up. Yeah, we called yeah, all we called go. DC. And you, uh, yeah, DC, and we threw it up to you, and you caught it, and then it was like everything just started clicking. We started yeah. moving the ball. And then is they, that when you scored? I, I scored. I ended up scoring on a bubble, and then we, and then we went for the two. Shot that threw the most beautiful. Yeah, I, re, I remember the most a, beautiful crack or cut block oh, I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, that I was like <laughs> the most perfect. beautiful. It was like perfect, man. Man. I'm pretty and, sure I was on the sideline that play too. That was like yeah, one of the, yeah, you one were, of the plays I came because you and, I, to, and I watched the whole. Because <laughs> you had to come get me from because I was talking noise to the yes. fans about the cheer. Yes, you had to and you had to come get me to tell me that we was going for two. And you that's, thought up, you thought and, up ag time and, and shit. And immediately, yeah, I was I was throwing up crazy stuff. You already know how I get. When 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 I'm locked in and when I'm in yeah. the home, I get, when, I get the, the fans when the dawn comes out. Yeah, yeah. When King March comes out, he 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 he's talking Reckless. to anybody. He's saying anything that he Reckless. Feels. But you grabbed me and I was like, We're going for two? Like, yo, this is different. 
Like it's completely different. And then we we get the two. So now I'm on the bench. I'm like, yo, it's a tie game. Like <laughs> if defense could just stop them. And in my head, I'm thinking, we're gonna have to score every drive. We're probably gonna go to overtime and have to win this with a two point conversion. In hey, my you know head, what's crazy? I did not yeah, think yeah. our defense was gonna stop them just because, bro. They had they really had been moving the ball at will. We just been catching a couple breaks. And they, so, they they were just they started dropping the ball. They started and they started up, you know? crumbling. Like they were dropping passes. Uh, Joel got that sack. Like and then we stopped them again. So then we get the ball and then Trevor. Trevor catches the bubble and you hit the block. And I Everybody see him running down me. the sideline. And this is my this is my analysis. I'm looking and I'm like, yo, he really could take this. Not even knowing that this is Trevor. He's probably our fastest receiver. And I'm just thinking he could take this. And he literally, once I knew, I just literally took off down, down the field. And then obviously, um, you know, they came back down. They scored after we scored, and then we all know the play, which I want to get to because I don't think a lot of people know how smart football-wise you are in your IQ. And what a lot of people don't know is the whole week. You remember what we talked about their DBs did? Yes. When, yeah, their, yeah. when their foot, when their when their foot was cocked, and they were lo- and they were leaning into you. Looking it was, like they it was about just to jam. A, it was just uh number seven though, primarily. Right. It was just number seven. And he said if if his feet are cocked and he's leaning towards you like he's gonna jam you, he's going to jam you. And he's gonna try yeah. and he's pretty good at jam you aggressive. And I didn't see it at the time. I saw it like as we were on the bus leaving the stadium. Cause I was re I was like re-watching the highlights. And I paused it, and I was like, yo, he used he used the move we had talked about all week because we literally yep. were working on it earlier on in the week, and we couldn't get it. And then towards the end of the week, it started to work. And you actually yep. jumped back, and he, and he tried to jam, and he missed, and you pulled – like you kind of like swiped his arms. Yeah. And took off, and that would, that's what made Kyle throw the ball. Kyle gonna throw that bitch anyway. Yeah, let's be real. Kyle gonna throw that. Was gonna throw it. And I'm telling you, bro. If you watch the safety too, bro. Yeah. The safety as soon as the ball was snapped, bro, ran to my side. Which is crazy. I don't know how he was late. I don't know how he was late because he didn't even get over there. Really? Well, he did. Yeah. It was like two people on you when you were like, as you were like crawling up. Because because the DB recovered and he tipped it because the ball was short too. Remember? But what I encourage jump back. What I encourage people to know is that that was like, that wasn't, that was like a IQ, like you have to, like that's film study, that's things like that. You have to look at and know like, okay, if you have to play the percentages. Every time he did that, when his foot cocked, you like, he was being aggressive and man to man, he was going to try and jam you real hard because they were playing man to man. And I want people to know, me and Hakeem were wide open. <laughs> oh, my Facts. God. I'm telling Facts. you, I remember when Coach Gass, the, that Sunday after the game, he paused and was like, yo, Kyle could have threw it to anybody. He just threw it exactly. to you because, you know what I'm saying? It was – You know you know how sick we would have been too if we didn't complete it? Bro, I'm telling you right now, if, 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 if you didn't catch that, I would have – I probably would have been on the sideline like, yo – 
Why was I Tripping. like, why did I not get the ball? Because literally we all kind of like, we were all wide open, like pick one. Yeah. It's kind of like pick one, but he picked but you. me. I, yeah, he picked, <laughs> he picked you. He picked you before the play even started. Like, 100%. He did his drop. He I mean, it, 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 it was one high man. He knew it, it was man. You know, it was yeah. one high man. Yeah. So, right. I mean, it's not like it was a, necessarily a bad decision either. Yeah. He, he, oh, knew yeah it, he, knew it. It. he knew it was man and he threw it and it was right on the money and you went up and caught it. Now, you kind of bobbled it, but it doesn't really matter because you caught it. 100%. It never touched the ground because it, it, like, yeah. it fell on my lap. And that's really what happened, you know, <laughs> with my first touchdown um, yes. versus the Lions. It was oh, the same yes. type of same Bro. type of catch where I didn't really catch the ball. Yeah, we're going. Which you were there. Which you were there. Which too, which but, I was uh, there. We gonna we gonna get to that because that was that was crazy, bro. That that whole yeah. experience was nuts. But 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 going back to uh, the guy jamming me, um, you know, because as a receiver, you have to look inside to watch the ball. Right. So you don't really get like you know a full visual on what the DB's doing. You know, exactly. the ball snapped, and he he um, almost has a you know a step on you because he's watching you the whole time. Right. And and what what really threw me off though, or what what really set me off was his shadow. Mm-hmm. You know the way the sun was. I saw his shadow and how he how he moved at yeah. the last second because I couldn't see him. Yeah, because um, you really peripheral. can't see the DB when he's pressed up on you. And I, I really couldn't, but I saw his shadow. I shot his, saw his shadow <laughs> move. Yeah, and that's what like set me off of getting ready for him to to jump Jeremy. Yeah, and to be able to adjust off of that. Yeah, so I just want people to know that like, you know. There's a lot of people that you know say you know you can play football and all that stuff, but it take it took IQ, it took film study, it took time out to. It was situational to, too. You know, yeah. it was third and seven, right you know, in the red zone, like you know. And so like obviously, said, the percentages. So obviously, we ended up winning the game, which me and Keem were literally sitting on the bench like, this is another Iowa. They're going to convert the first down, and they ended up not and. The ball drops on the ground, and I kind of like froze and was like looking around, like, "Yo, did we?" Quiet. And then I remember asking. I remember I forgot who I asked, but I remember asking how many timeouts did they have, and they were jumping up. He said none, and I was like, "None." And I was like looking. I was looking at the the jumbo, the big jumbo trying. I think it was to the left of this. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that I was, was looking hard, and everybody's jumping up and down, and I'm kind of just like shell shocked, like. Oh, they don't have any timeouts. This this is over. So and so you know then K March comes creeping around the corner. <laughs> now now I'm now I'm talking to the band because the band were saying some stuff. Hey, 16. Hey, this and yeah, that. Yeah. So now I'm looking around like I was like, hey, beat the traffic. <laughs> you want that smoke. Beat the traffic. <laughs> uh so then see you later. Yeah. So I, I was saying I I might yeah. run cap. I was I was saying some reckless. Yeah, some I was reckless I was on the field I was too. definitely saying some reckless stuff. The, the, um, the, the ref the ref had came up to me and said that you know I can't be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Because the cameras are on oh, me and stuff. So it was bad. Yeah, I was um I didn't even shake hands after. Like I didn't even like I didn't I was like, nah, I don't even feel like shaking <laughs> y'all's hand. Like I'm too hype. Um but we ended up winning that game and then we go on a legendary street. Um Four games in a row. That October was just the best month of my life. Boy. I swear, I swear that was probably the best month of my life. Like I, just as far as like everything was clicking, it just mm-hmm. school was Every easier. Day. Yeah, like going to practice was easier. Social like, life. <laughs> social life was a lot easier. Like lot everything different. was just in place. Like that was probably one of the 
that was probably one of the months of my life I just won't remember. Like, th- there's no way I'll forget. I won't forget. Yeah. yeah. And so it was crazy when we lost to West Virginia. That one hurt. I was sitting next to Keem. I was like, bro, I forgot how to lose. Like, it was like, it, it had hurt. been, it had, it hurt. It, it kind of hurt so bad because I was like, bro, I have forgot how to lose. Like, it was just, we're going to go in, we're going to win, and we're going to get on the plane. And we're gonna celebrate, and we're gonna get back, and we're gonna and yeah, like, like celebrate. And at some that more. time, we were yeah. what fifteen in the country. Yeah, we were like fifteen, sixteen in the country. Like you know, like we 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 were in perfect contention of yeah. going to the Big Twelve Championship. Right, we, and like it. all we had to do was win the rest of our. I'm pretty sure we had to win. We had to win like one or two more games. Yeah, for Big Twelve because we lost to West V. We lost to yeah. uh, Oklahoma State. We lost to Oklahoma State and. That terrible fashion. We beat Baylor, and then we lost to Kansas State on some. Yep. See, we, we ended I've, up. I've talked about that so many times. I just, I don't think I can really talk crazy. about that anymore. I don't even care about it anymore. Yeah, like it's just, it's just like. Nah, nah. It hurts. It hurts. Oh, for sure. It for sure hurts. But I never but, but, beat but, but, Kansas see, Memphis, State. Me- yeah, I mean, I didn't. But Memphis, either, but Memphis definitely. Memphis, yeah. you know, replaced yeah. that. Yeah, and, the bowl know, game. Like, the bowl game definitely. Um, Replace that Lydia. that hurt, because I remember I'm not even gonna lie to you. After that Kansas State game, that's probably the lowest I've ever felt. Like after a game, like I like because I never in high school we never went to the playoffs. Um, we we weren't that good. Like we had a few good players, but we weren't that good as a team. It just we were. So I had never been in games to where like it just hurt. Like you know what I'm saying? Because most of the time when we lost, it was when you close. when you had ex- when you when you had yeah. the high expectations. Like there's, yeah. the, it was I one agree. of those. But that was the game on the list where it hurt. Like even people ask me, you don't like that Oklahoma State game. It was just kind of like ah, uh, like we should have won that game, but it didn't. Like that Oklahoma State game. That's I mean, excuse me, the Kansas State game is like a rivalry. Like if people don't know, Iowa State, Kansas State, they call it Farmageddon. Like it's really yeah. a rivalry. And it's been one-sided for a while. Kansas State's had at the time had, won, had been whooping us, and or we had been for like beating six years them. straight. We were beating them the whole game, and then they would come back yeah. and win. And so that game literally happened. And plus, I wanted to win that game for y'all because, like, y'all had literally blew a twenty-one point lead with like two minutes left, or whatever, however much time left, two years before. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. a. I was kind of like a, we weren't going to the Big Twelve Championship, but man, that's like we could potentially that was, that, win ten that was games. The first game back. Yeah, hundred percent. If, if, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, we could have won ten games. That would have been our eight. We would have won ten or nine because we finished. We we finished the season seven and five. Okay, so we potentially would have won nine games. It would have been nine, nine games. or ten. Yeah. yeah. So you know what I'm saying? That's you know we wanted to win that game more than they did and so when the ref kind of took it away from us like I remember like talking to my parents I was just like yo like like I wasn't I was I wasn't finna cry because I knew we had one more game left but it was kind of like bro like how could the ref just how could the refs just pick up the flag yeah like but they had did that the whole game like that right. was the crazy thing, and we, <clears throat> I don't know. And there's a bunch of looking. conspiracy about about Bill Snyder. And yeah, Bill Snyder. Games. Right. So he wasn't losing his last game to Iowa State. Like that yeah. just wasn't happening. 
So they wouldn't want to but it was, go out it that was, way. It was crazy because I remember the refs turning around and looking at the screen, and you can't replay a flag. And the Kansas State people, they saw it, and they just kept replaying it over and over, and the, um, the refs were just looking at it to the point where Coach Campbell, I remember Coach Campbell going off. Like, he was saying some things I cannot repeat. Like, I don't even no, think I sure. can tell. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was saying some things that was just – off the wall, wild. Like, and, and, and I remember, I remember uh, him and and Jamie Pollard. You know, yeah, they were Jamie, they yeah. were trying to go at the, at the refs after Bro, the game. Do you like, remember after the hot. game? Uh, and Haycock, Haycock. Oh boy, no, Haycock was ready to fight. Maybe, maybe nobody. Saw, I know me and Keem saw. I'm gonna have to get Keem on this podcast. <laughs> remember, by the way, when the uh, remember, what's the black Haycock? dude's name? What's the black remember. dude's name? He literally was running towards the ref. The uh, uh, thirst. Nah. He was kind of like the older guy. He kind of did like um, he did our like church, kinda the black guy. R.J. It wasn't R.J. Summer. I th- I think it was R.J. or it was somebody else. They started running towards the ref, and was like literally like talking to him face to face. And the and the and it was a black ref too. The black ref like was about to like post up. Like it was like crazy and then people like like players like like pulled them back but it was like like that game was so heated like that made me really hate kansas state as much as i hate iowa it's not it's like it's like this it's close, close second like it's a yeah. close second um but the way we ended it in sure. memphis was uh was sweet sweet, that, sweet night, Caroline. that night was crazy um, for sure bill street yeah, you didn't even go out because of your ankle, right? I know. Well, no, I, I did go out, but it wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't. You know, I wasn't moving with you guys because. Yeah, because I legit couldn't. Bro, I, legit couldn't. I remember. It was, it was I remember the, when you sent me that picture of your ankle. I was like, "Yo, it's even." I I remember I that because you didn't even. Did you play at the end? I played the whole game. You only I, played the whole game right before I scored. That last yeah. touchdown. Yeah, you had rolled it. I, I I had got hurt on like that third down conversion, and yeah. I came out and got Shannon to tape my ankle up, spat it up, went back in the game, and like two plays later it was that. I don't even remember. That touchdown. I, I I remember the dude tipped it, and then I tipped it. I'm like, no, and then you're right there. I'm like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> and then you went up and threw the LD the LD three up, which uh, you know that's our group. Shout out to LD, by the way, but. Yeah, so obviously Memphis was a great time. We won the bowl game, beat them at their home place, um, left them with an L um, in their home city, which I know that had to suck. After they flipped our helmet over. After they flipped our helmet over. That was crazy. On some unnecessary disrespect. Yeah, it was like, bro, we were trying to play ball, and they were, like, trying to, like, it was they almost were trying like, to like yeah, it was kind of like intimidating, bro. We from, we from Iowa. <laughs> like you like, play, oh, nah. you play at nah, Memphis, bro. Fam. I played against Oklahoma. I played against, come on, I played against Texas. Even though Texas wasn't probably better than Memphis, but it's just the stigma. Like, bro, I've played yeah. against better teams. Like, why would you? And me personally, I played against Ohio State with Zeke. Played against Penn State with Saquon. Like so, <laughs> you, Wisconsin with Melvin Gordon, Corey. Corey, I think his name is Corey Clement. Like, there's yeah, you can't compare. So, like, if you think you're oh, you're gonna intimidate us, come on, man. We play like, versus we Baker Mayfield. A, we play a, we play in a Power Five conference. You think we're gonna be we intimidated by Memphis? But anyways, we ended up we ended up winning that game. Um, we should have won it by more. They cheated us. But anyways, 
Remember uh, how bad the wind was, though? We couldn't throw bro, the ball. Bro, it was – and, you know, every pass was 10, Kyle's, 10, Kyle's 10. shoulder was banged up still. Bad. So, it was From like – A month ago. It was like – it was crazy. We couldn't run the ball for anything to save our lives. Um, and then Difficult. they cheated us on the, the touchdown where David clearly had the ball over and then the ball came out. But it is what it is. We won the game, and it was defense, it was awesome night. Up. And yeah. so, transitioning from the Iowa State days, and now you're going through the draft process. How was the draft process for you? And just tell me about your experiences. Obviously, you 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 did the the NFL Combine. You trained. Uh, I want to say you trained with Exos in Arizona. Yep. Trained yep, out at Exos. Yep. And then you did the NFL Combine, and then you did Pro Day. So tell me about that whole draft process. Yeah, so like you said, I did all those things. I did the Senior Bowl as well. Um, um, you know, going into the whole draft process and coming into the NFL, I really, you know, Iowa State really hasn't had much success as far as putting putting players in that league. So I didn't really have anyone or really know anyone to kind of look up to or to lean on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Basically, I was going into the league blindfolded, you know, completely unaware of what I was getting myself into. You know, I, a lot of the stuff that I learned and kind of a lot of the stuff that I look back on and as far as like how I train and how I carry myself in the, in the locker room, in the meetings and just, you know, my daily habits is from like really my first year in Jacksonville, just seeing some of those vets there um, and, and seeing how, how they operated as well as reflecting back to when I was down here training at Exos and I was training with uh, Josh Gordon um, and a bunch of other NFL guys and it seemed, you know, what they were doing daily. Um, so going into the league, you know, I really thought, like I said, I really thought that I uh, thought that I was going to get drafted. You know, I, I had high expectations for that. Right. Um, I was really optimistic on getting drafted on day two, mm -hmm. which, was, which is the second and third round. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't too – you know, set off or anything or disappointed, you know, that's when I get drafted on Saturday because that was right. original, original expectations. And um, for me, I didn't really care about getting drafted, uh, you know, super high or anything. You know, it wasn't like mm -hmm. that was going to make or break me right. um, necessarily, or at least I thought it wouldn't. But um, I just knew that once I got drafted, you know, I, I just had to get, get to that second contract and also mm -hmm. be able to prove myself and whatnot. Right. And so the draft day happens, or on Saturday, you know, I have my draft party and everything. And that was just, I mean, you were there. It was just like, you know, well, that was I, Well, you know, you know, I was actually in Texas. Because, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I was in Texas, actually, uh, with, you were yeah, with my pops, because I had been training down there, and I actually couldn't get to Iowa at that time. Um, That's right. That's right, but everyone else was there, though, because they were so – Yeah, but I was, I was wa literally watching – I watched every pick, and I was just waiting. You know what I'm saying? I was just obviously waiting, and um, obviously I can't imagine how you felt. Um, yeah. Just with the unfortunate things. Yeah, it, it was miserable. You know, that was that was probably the biggest pill you know I've had to swallow in life was just you know realizing that. I mean, you know, every every football player's dream is getting drafted. Right. You know, whether it's the first pick or the you know the last pick. You know, essentially, it's just the fact that you know you were able to say that you got drafted, mm -hmm. and to really have like basically my whole childhood dreams crushed, you know, in yeah. that one day, which was just a, a really hard, hard thing to kind of comprehend and be able to like be able to move forward from. 
So, so it, it definitely like affected me like mentally, right. you know, and like, you know, it, it really, I kind of lost my drive for a little bit. And just like, you know, now I'm a, now I'm an undrafted guy and, you know, this is a lot different route than I was expecting to have to take. Mm-hmm. And now I have to, you know, sit here and, and work for it, work for my things. And, but at the same time, you know, by the time I got to Jacksonville, I was like, okay, the league is made up of like 60% undrafted players. Yeah. So the odds are honestly in my favor. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of try to use small things like that as motivation and kind of be able to stay positive. And, you know, I really thought that I was going to be able to make the team in Jacksonville. But then you really see the politics of the, the league and everything. And, yeah. you know, guys um, that make money. The, and- yeah. And just getting what opportunities you're presented or able to get and whatnot. And, you know, I, I barely got any playing time during the preseason games um, until the last week. Really, you know what I'm saying? And um, next thing you know, I ended up being on the practice squad and I was like, <laughs> that was just a low point you know yeah. just like a realization of where i was because like you said you know we went from having the best month of our lives in october yeah uh, a year ago and like you know the best season and you know i ended ended my career the the way that you know i wanted to you know i was mm-hmm. able to kind of just cap it off the right way and leave on a high note and now it's like all that's coming to a crashing end it felt like yeah it kind of it i, I get what you're saying because it's kind of like I did all this stuff at Iowa State. Look at all the accolades I did. I broken records. I was this. I was yeah. that. And I'm still not good enough to even get drafted. Because in and my like mind, you said, there wasn't. When you started the podcast, you, you right. got all those accolades and stuff. And, yeah. you know, I guarantee you that I have a lot more of those, those accolades than a lot of people in the league right now. Right. And, and then a lot of people that not, not got that, drafted. Not that, not that, yeah, not that the not that the accolades you know justify everything. Right. You know, they obviously they carry some some weight. You know. Yeah, because like I mean, you put in the work, you get, like you, you. Yeah, you you get yeah. you get the the accolades for a reason. Right. Know, as, but it is and, what it is. And so yeah, I remember like, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I remember the point where I was like, they're not gonna pick them, and I was I think it was right at the beginning of the seventh round, and I was because you know usually the seventh round is like. They, they're, it's experiments now. Like, I'm going to get the guy that has the baggage, but, like, I'm going to take a chance on him type, and I can get him mm-hmm. for cheap. So, like, I knew, like, there was – I was – and then I was kind of thinking, like, yo, like, he's never gotten in trouble. He's literally, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, been in the communities. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's – like yeah, the, I like the, the best, Yeah, like, he checked all the boxes. Like, what was it? You know what I'm saying, and I had a hard time like realizing that, and it, but it, but you know, it's crazy. It that like kind of opened my eyes. Like if Allen didn't get drafted, and he did all that, like I need to be on my A game when I go to you know the Cowboys, because like they'll, they, I mean, because I was just thinking yeah, like, yo, different. they'll they'll drop me, and and if they don't feel like it, they'll just because I'm not even like there's no money behind me. I mean, you know what I'm saying? When they gave me the yeah. $1,500, it felt like a million. Because I was just like, I mean, I, it's not no, like I've had that penny, much money to them. in my pocket yeah. before. You know what I'm saying? But it's a penny to uh-huh. them. So it's like, all right, yeah, 1500 go. You know what I'm saying? I've seen guys get cut. You know, and, and the Cowboys, obviously our, our OTAs and rookie minicamps and all that stuff was different because we didn't even do anything during rookie minicamps. We just walk, did walkthroughs and kind of you learn the plays. But y'all were actually practicing. You know what I'm we saying? We was out there working. You know, we had that rookie minicamp, bro. And that was that was tough because yeah. I came into Jacksonville. You know, like I said, 
you know, not getting drafted. And then it's kind of that whole process in that time of how I was training and whatnot was just, you know, was horrible. And mm-hmm. I came into Jacksonville at 233. You know, mm-hmm. that was, was the biggest I had. That's the most I had ever weighed before. But it was yeah. also because, you know, I really tried to get behind the whole big receiver thing. Of just yeah, like, you know, the more was... weight that I had, the more weight that I had, you know, added more value. And, you know, they were thinking about making me a tight end. Too. Yeah, yeah. You know, was... It was just so much in the air that, you know, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, eat whatever I want, gain weight, mm-hmm. you know. And, like, I've always just kind of played heavy. And so mm-hmm. I, was, I was comfortable with that. And once I got to Jacksonville, you know, being in that 100-degree heat and 100% humidity, that, that got it out me quick. And, yeah. you know, those, those first few days, bro, I would I, – I remember I would, we'd have two-a-days. And, like, after the first practice, go back in the locker room, bro, and just have a full body cramp damn near. Yeah. Like, get in the cold tub, try to recover, go out for the second practice again. Then at night, bro, I would just be laying in bed and my body would just be cramping up. Like, I yeah. was just so out, know, so out of I'm, shape, so unhealthy. It was a bad time. I know the, from what I was hearing from all my – obviously all our other boys that were at, on different teams, they were like, yo, how's your Ricky minicamp going? I'm like, it's, it's cake. Like, we, we do walkthroughs. We do conditioning and stuff like that. But, like, we're literally walking through and we're going over the plays. Like, it's – but I think, like I said, Cowboys was doing the same thing the year before, but they had so many injuries with, like, hamstrings and groins and things like that to where they were like, nah, we're just going to walk through and then we're going to bring everybody for OTAs like, mm-hmm. because there's no point. We want to actually give these guys a shot. If they get hurt, then they're no use to us before they, you know what I'm saying, we can even practice them. And so that's exactly how it went. And, um, but, yeah, I had an opportunity to actually, like, learn the plays and walk through. And, obviously, teams like Jacksonville, y'all, y'all went straight into it. Yeah, and what people don't realize is that how much different an NFL playbook is compared yeah. to college. You know, we, you know, the, the biggest adjustment that I had was being in the huddle because at Iowa State, we never huddled up. We always did signal. And so, you know, you, we always had Mouse doing the, the formation, you know what I'm right. saying? He'd be doing Shout that out to Mouse, by, shout out to Mouse sure. by the way. Definitely was huge for us at Iowa Mouse State. And, Ma- Mouse, Mouse and Gas. Mouse, sure. Mouse Gas, and uh, Jake. Shout out to Jake, too. Waters. Yeah. Yes, sir. Iowa boy, but yes, uh, what what was I saying? We were talking about oh, the, uh, oh yeah. how you know what I'm saying we were, we were getting the the, the signals huddle. or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know we'd be getting it for like five ten seconds. You know what I'm saying? So Mouse would be doing like the tray, and you know you get over to your position, you get signed, you know set up whatever, you get there, then you start doing the play, and you just mm-hmm. constantly repeat it. So even if at some point you know you weren't exactly sure, he would be constantly doing to make sure that you mm-hmm. got it. Yeah. You know when we get to the league, it's it's deuce right, 38, 38 uh, pass, punch, Spumoni, yeah. X comeback, you know. And you get it one time, and, you know, you got to learn it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to hear the play, and you got to be able to go out there and execute it. And you got to know every every coaching detail. And that was, right. that was the, the yeah. biggest adjustment for me. Because you really don't – you really shouldn't even be listening to the – you should listen to the formation, where you're supposed to be at, and then you have to wait and hear – you know, in my instance, I had to wait in here with Mike White or um, Cooper Rush, and then I was in the I was in the huddle with Dak, and I swear he was he was speaking like Egyptian hieroglyphics, like it was just he was talking so fast. So I was fast, already yeah. nervous. Like I'm in the huddle with Dak Prescott. I have Zeke. I have Tyron Smith. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, because one time, you know, you just get thrown in there because guys are tired. Yeah. Some and, guys are hurt. And, and, you just get thrown you, in there. That's really your opportunities. opportunities. Those are your For opportunities. Sure. So it's like, I have to go in there, even though I'm probably like not even 50% knowledgeable of the, the whole offense. I'm going in 100%. there because and it don't matter this is my opportunity. Like you better go in there. You better, yeah, not, like, you better not, not go in there. Yeah. And so <laughs> – I have vet, well, I have vets like you know Alan Hearns and uh, Tavon Austin, uh, uh, Beasley. Um, so they would just tell me tips like, "Yo, if you don't know it, like, why would like pretty much you don't have to be nervous and ask the quarterback because he want he wants you to do the right thing, so it makes him look good and it makes you look good. So like, just ask him. So I remember Dak saying the play like super fast. Didn't know what he said. And and I kind of gave him that look like, yeah. And I was like, yo, I don't know. You said it so fast. He was like, yeah. hey, just run a post. So, boom, now I just know, hey, now I got a post. Run to the – because I knew the formation. He just said it yeah. so fast. That was like, I don't know what I'm – well, I don't know what the play yeah. is. So, yeah, that's it, it, it. it's a huge difference. Actually having IQ and being able to learn things on the run is, is very huge – like being successful in the NFL. And I don't know how it's not off like athleticism. Oh, he can't play. Like guys can play. It's just they yeah. can't they can't translate. It's the mental game. And, and yeah, that's like what people education. don't you can't you can't see that. You know, you see the right. physical part part on TV, you know, right. in person. You see a guy, Odell make one handed catches and stuff, but you don't see the, the work and the mental yeah. part of the game that has to go in every single day. The, the, you know what I mean? I, I right. being working with Aaron this year, you know, like seeing how big his IQ and how knowledgeable he is, how knowledgeable he is of, you know, just the, mm-hmm. the tendencies and the consistency of, of what players like to do or what coaches like to coach or co- what coaches like to call in certain situations and whatnot and making sure we are in the best situation to, su- to succeed. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's just incredible to see him work, work and operate on that level. Right. So, yeah. So, basically, you're with Jacksonville. You kind of go through the practice squad, you know, just practice squad the whole year. Then towards the end of the year, you get traded to Green Bay. I'm pretty sure you played those last two games. Yeah. No, so what happened was I was on practice squad the whole year. Mm -hmm. Um, So, week 14 came, whatever. And to get a a crude season, you have to be active for three games minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that week had came and gone and I didn't get activated, you know, at right. that time in our season in Jacksonville, they were activating a bunch of people, you know, we have multiple injuries. We were having a bad year, you know, they were just trying to get something going. Yeah. So I was very, you know, like, all right, so like my time should be coming soon because, you know, they've been, you know, and, and plus we only had like four receivers sometimes and people, yeah. guys were hurt. Um, people weren't performing. So, you know, I was just waiting for my opportunity and it ended up, you know, we, we played that one that last or that week 14 I didn't get activated so then I realized there's only two weeks left in the season and I'm, even if I did get activated now like it, it's almost pointless because you know I don't get the benefits from it mm-hmm. um, but even though you know I, I would it would be great to get the opportunity um, the next Tuesday or the next Monday after we played Sunday I was at home got done with my like rookie or my uh, p-squad lift went back to the house and was just chilling, playing the game. And my agent had called me saying the Packers wanted to activate me. And so um, it, I just froze, you know, like. Yeah, it was like this time now. It, you know, it was something that was like very surreal. And it really brought me back to draft day because the Friday, 
day two of draft, I was at home with my parents. And um, I think Salt, Salt and like DLC were there. Um, but I got a phone call from Heartland, Wisconsin during the draft. And I answered it thinking, you know, this is Green Bay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it was a reporter calling to ask me how I felt about Josh Jackson getting drafted to the Green Bay Packers. And I'm like, bro, like, you're going to call me during the draft, you know, knowing that you have a Wisconsin member. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, that just really set me off. And, like, it just really, like, upset me. Because, <laughs> like, you know, for that second, bro, you know what I mean? Like, it was, this, it was like the second, third round. You know what I mean? You get that phone call, my heart dropped. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you just, I'm thinking about, I'm about to be playing with the Packers, I'm about to get drafted, blah, blah, blah. And now this reporter is just calling to ask me about Josh Jackson because he played at Iowa. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was just trying to get some beat story yeah. for, for, you know what I'm saying, from me. And so, you know, I think it was just kind of funny on how now I play for the Packers now, but yeah. it was a different path on how I got there. So, obviously, uh, you get, you get Not, on the team, you, you, you played the last two games, right? So, so I first get there, and my mindset was, I only they had already, you know, they were already written out of the playoffs. So there's only mm-hmm. two weeks left for their season as well. So I was like, all right, I'm only gonna be here for about 18 days or so. If I can just lock in and leave my best impression on, you know, the players, the coaches, GMs, all that, um, for when I get back in the spring, you know, I'll be in a way better position. You know, and so I came in, and you know, but at that time too, you know down in Jacksonville, I was really, you know, I was going against A.J. Boye. I was going mm-hmm. against Jalen Ramsey. You know, I was going, you know, I was blocking Calais Campbell and Yannick Ngakwe at a playing time. So I was, you know, I was competing for some dogs in the league mm-hmm. every day, which only made me better. And, you know, I, that's why I'm very grateful for that time in Jacksonville because it got me so much better and elevated my game. And so by the time I got to Green Bay, I was very confident in my abilities. And, you know, I was, all right, I'm active. And they didn't really tell me, you know, what the plan was. You know, I just knew I was active. I didn't know if I was going to play, you know, if they were trying to get, you know, get me ready to play. Or, you know, mm-hmm. no one talked to me. No, you know, you know how it is sometimes. There's just yeah. no definite communication. And it's like, all right, well, I'm going to prepare and get ready to play. And so I basically just dove in the playbook as much as I could. And, like, during meetings, you know, no one really sat down and tried to install mm-hmm. um, the plays to me at all because they weren't. They weren't expecting me to play. Um, they just wanted to basically – Green Bay just wanted to get me so I would be on the roster for next year uh, to basically try out for the team. You know, that's, what, that's how they saw, saw um, the transaction of me coming there. But, you know, me, I'm like, shit, I'm trying to play. I'm trying to go out there and, you know, make some noise. Yeah. And so, you know, I really dove into the playbook and whatnot. And, you know, I watched Devontae every day in practice. And I was just going hard. You know, and I think I did a, a really good job. And, you know, they saw that and respected that. And so week, week 16, we go out to New York to play the Jets. And Aaron, Aaron leads, us, leads us on, like, one of, the, one of the bigger comebacks in Packer history. You know, we were down a lot in the first half, came back and we and Devontae had this walk-off uh, touchdown. Uh, I think it was in overtime. Um, so that was, like, my first experience, you know, being, mm-hmm. being with the Packers just, you know, watching greatness happen. It was, you know, it was incredible. And then, but Devontae had got hurt that week. 
Um, so he ended up not playing the next week. And, you know, we had another guy, EQ, had got a concussion during the Jets game as well. So they're down two guys. And so they needed someone to play. So I ended up being able to suit up um, for the last game. And we ended up having one of the worst, like, statistical offensive performances in Packer history because we couldn't get a third down. We couldn't we – could, we kept going three and out, three and out, three and out. We were just getting beat in by the Lions. And, you know, we got one little drive going. And, you know, someone needed a sub, so they threw me in. And um, I go out there, and then, like, I ran this under route, and I get the ball, I catch it. And it was, you know, my, my first play. So, I, so, you know, I was cool, excited. You know, I'm ready to keep going. I'm trying to go score now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Keep the drive, drive going. And the guy who tackled me ended up hurting his shoulder somehow. And so the, they, the, the rest blow the play dead or whatever. Um, they get him off the field and I end up subbing out. And I just never end up coming back in because we couldn't get anything going offensively to rotate, mm-hmm. to rotate the guys. So, but, you know, I think, you know, that those two weeks that I spent there, two and a half weeks, um, you know, I try to leave the best impression um, that I could on, on, you know, the coaches and especially the players, um, and particularly Aaron. You know, I, I watched him every single day. I watched how he operated, right. you know, how he was working, and, you know, just to, just his work habits because, um, you know, obviously I knew if there's one guy to impress on the team, you know, it would definitely be him. If there's one guy, even more than the coach, to be yeah, honest. 100%. If he's behind you, then he's gonna be. But there. which, which you know, he, which he, time. what you started to get behind me, you know, when I came back in the spring and during camp. Yeah. I mean, you know, he said that he, he verbally said that you know I had the arguably one of the best camps, and you know I was making a huge impact on the bro, team. I remember, and still got cut. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was yeah, it was crazy. And crazy they brought you yeah, back. I'm, well, they kept, well they, you were on practice squad. Yeah, I they, signed. I signed back active. So I, mm-hmm. I signed – I got cut Saturday. I got cut during the Iowa State UNI game this year. Yeah. I remember I was at Kev's house. I was chilling, and they called me, and I was just like – and that was during the game, you know what I'm saying? It was like right before overtime. They went to overtime, right? Yeah, they did. They went like triple overtime. It was like right before that, and I was just like, you know, I'm already on on tip because I'm like, bro, these we're not going to lose this. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. You know what I mean? Like – and so then they called me and that happened. I was just like, yo, like what's happening? You know, I just got cut. You know, I, I, I was really planning on, you know, staying in Green Bay and kind of like being a part of the team and everything. So then like, reality hit again, <laughs> you know, just like going undrafted and whatnot of just being like, you know, I could get claimed off of waivers too. I could be on another team tomorrow and I'm packing up and gone just like that. And so, you know, for the few, those first few days, it was just some uncertainty. And, you know, I was thankful to, thankful to practice uh, or to be able to sign back to the practice squad. Mm-hmm. But, then, but that's just when I, you know, that I was pissed off, obviously. Yeah. So in practice, I was going dumb hard. I was playing, I was playing safety, trying to make plays. You I know, remember like, you telling me that. <laughs> and, I, and I was just like, you know, I was, I was pissed. Yeah, because people no, don't know that the practice squad during the season, you have to play, if, even if you're an offense, you have to play both sides. There's only 10. There's only 10 yeah, of us. And, you know, we only, only, only have, what, it's 50, 53 active, right, and 10, so and 10 even practice squads. Even squad if you're so. active, you might have to, like, put on the, a, a, a uh, little jersey a beanie, on top of yeah. Yeah, a beanie. You have to be the scout team. Be the scout team. Um, 
So you're, you're obviously with the Packers. You have to go in depth on what it's like to have one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. And obviously one of the, one of the greatest quarterbacks right now in our generation, but arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks ever as your quarterback. Like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is your quarterback, bro. Like how – like before, before, before I answer that question, I got a question for you. Is – he better than the guy down in New Orleans. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, talent-wise, has more talent than Drew Brees. But to me, he's not the better quarterback. And Why is that? Because what, 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 I what think defines the better quarterback? Is it what wins? defines? Is it, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it pass it's accuracy? It's, is it touchdown? I think, it, I think it's, it's obviously stats because the stats – going to that I, I think drew Brees wins but when he there was a time where drew Brees was losing he was literally carrying the new orleans saints franchise for that reason once they actually got a defense that's when they've they they've been in the playoffs regularly they've won the uh nfc south they've been to nfc championship game where they gotten robbed like if you literally go back and watch in the past drew Brees's um teams like, think about it. That divisional game where they um, played the 49ers and he throws it to Jimmy Graham, they score, and then Vernon Davis, like our defense can't stop him for a, a, a 30, a 40 seconds. Like, yeah. the NFC Championship game this two years ago, obviously, with the, the worst call and the worst non-call in, in history. Like, Drew Brees, I mean, Drew Brees has literally been, like, has had to shorten the stick. Like he's gotten a ring, but he should well, have at least year. he should have at least two. No, now this year he's he's showing he's showing signs of getting old. He can't throw the ball down. He can't throw the ball past thirty yards probably more than once. That's cap. I, I mean, he was dropping I, dimes. I'm in saying the, in the he, wild card round, he drops dimes, but they're not deep balls. We don't have a deep ball threat. That's another conversation, though, because I can go on and on about just, the Saints. Yeah, you, I know. We just got, got Emmanuel Sanders too. So, so, so things are gonna get a little different because now, because <laughs> think about it, think about it. If the Packers would have played us the next round, the game plan would have been double Michael Thomas, don't allow him to go off, and then kind of just let everybody else go. They're, they're not a threat. Like Alvin Kamara last year, he he played he played decent. He he wasn't he, like he the was first hurt, two though. years. He was hurt and he wasn't like the first two years. So there's there's just a difference. But the way Drew Brees, I think Drew Brees overall, he's the he's to me, he's he's at no worse a top five quarterback of all time. Uh, I mean he he held, he holds the records for touchdowns and yards. I hate when people say people like John Elway or like, uh, I, I mean Joe Montana's. In my opinion, it's Tom Brady. Joe, Joe Montana, Montana was six. Joe Montana. No, yes. How many Super Bowls he got? He don't have six. Brady's five. Got six. He's got five. The five or four? He's got five. Four, maybe four. Something four like that. Like. Probably Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Drew Brees. I would put Aaron Rodgers in there, and I would say I know. Oh, and Peyton Manning. That's my top five. 
Um, I don't believe in the John Elway stuff. I I just nah. Dan Marino. Dan Marino's good now. Dan Marino, but I just I. I mean, I, I've got to go Drew Brees in that. It's, I mean, Drew Brees has – the records put him over Dan Marino, and Dan Marino didn't win a ring. So, I mean, in that instance. But let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. How, what is Aaron Rodgers like, and how is – like, just tell me about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think the biggest misconception is that he is human. <laughs> You know, people. I feel like a lot of people kind of feel like, especially you know, professional athletes or just celebrities in general, that they're just completely different people. You know, what I'm saying like they're just a completely different breed, and that's not the case. You know, Aaron is just as normal as you and I, mm-hmm. but what separates him is that he's extremely competitive and he works hard. Yeah, and you know, and and like I said earlier, like his IQ is is through the roof. You know, granted that's after after having you know 14. 14 years of experience of playing the NFL and also, you know, being behind Brett Favre, I'm sure um, mm-hmm. definitely, you know, competing with, competing with him um, for that short period of time, definitely, uh, you know, pushed him, but, you know, he's, like I said, he's just a normal, normal dude, man. He likes to joke around. He likes, he likes to be funny um, and, you know, mess with people, especially during the team meetings. You know, he's, he's always, he's always a guy kind of comedy, something after the coach said something you know to kind of be funny yeah you know what i mean like but he, he's been obviously a great mentor towards me and you know i've looked up to him for a lot and you know i've, I've leaned on him for a lot of guidance and whatnot and, he, and he's you know been everything and more um as far as being a mentor and whatnot and a great teammate for me yeah so you know i've been just trying to keep up you know my relationship with him and and learn as much as i can um from him um right now yeah, that's actually uh, that actually was, that's obviously I was there for the uh, Green Bay and um, Detroit Lions game Monday Night Football. I was there. Um, I did have a part in you scoring your first touchdown. Uh, please please inform not, the people. Believe it or not, but um, yeah, I, I'll tell them about when I was in the stands and what I was hearing because. Green Bay fans are, I mean, obviously they're passionate, but they were wild that game. Um, they were saying some stuff about Jimmy Graham that was just off the wall because he was kind of struggling that game. He, and really he had been struggling that season, kind of, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, they were saying some stuff like, I want him off my team. He's been trash. Um, yeah, they don't. They don't realize how valuable Jimmy is. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Jimmy's more than. Yeah, Jimmy's very valuable. Well, he's I, I think. I think he. Arguably, I think he didn't have his best greatest, No, a hundred percent. I mean, he's not even close to where he was in his New Orleans, Seattle right. days. You know what right. I'm saying? But it's also just you know a different offense, a different different time in his career, and all that. And you know, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that factors into players' productions. Right, and and you know I think a lot of people don't realize that, but to but, me, you know, J- Jimmy is, you know, one of the if not the greatest tight ends of all time. You know, just yeah. just being around he's, him, you know, like just talking about Aaron and his work ethic and everything. You know, I mean, he he's probably J- Jimmy he's Graham in my is thirty three years 10, old for sure, and he is rocked up. This dude is he. You know, what I'm saying this dude yeah. works hard every single day. He takes his health um, and his fitness very serious. You know, he takes his craft very serious and. and you know, a lot of, you know, like, you like you know, I was a New Orleans Saints fan growing up mm-hmm. and whatnot and watching him play. 
um, um, was a huge inspiration of, you know, kind of how I played my game. Right. I was kind of having that dog mentality. So just being able to work with, with Jimmy this year and kind of just, just sit back and watch him operate. Him and Mercedes um, just being two two vets that, you know, have been in this business for a long time and, and really know how to operate it and make a, a valuable earning um, from mm-hmm. the career and whatnot uh, was, so huge. My, was huge so, for me. Yeah, so my perspective of that play when you scored was <laughs> you were in the game and – um, I basically just kept saying, throw my guy the ball, just like give him a shot, just give him a chance to like make a play. Like, cause it's crazy because the play before that, that he threw it to you and, and I dropped it and you dropped it. And so I'm like, yo, and like that, and like, and I'm just know, thinking, Aaron Rodgers, like, that's, yeah. that's the opportunity, you know, yeah. for most people, that is, that is the one play where if you yeah, don't bro. make that, that's it. And, and I was like, was, I was just praying Aaron Rodgers to give you one more shot. I was like, just give him one more shot. I know it. He just he he had to he just sitting down the whole game. He has to get his feet wet. Like you can't just throw him a deep pass and just all of a sudden like yes, that's the opportunity. But come on, like he just got in the game. It's cold. It's Lambo. My feet. You know what I'm saying? It's cold. (laughs) It was freezing. It was that was one of the colder games. Oddly enough, and I was in October. Yeah, like bro, it was very cold that day. And so I'm like, yo, like. You know what I'm saying? My guy's been sitting on the sideline. All he's been doing is running down for a um, kickoff. For kickoff, and he's doing he punt return. Punt return, kickoff, kickoff return too. All special teams. He's ever yeah. punt. I don't. I only had a punt that game. Yeah. But. So I'm like, bro, just give him one more shot. And then it was it. It, it seemed like an out and up type of deal or something. Yeah, it was. It's called I'm a trying to pull pump, it but up. But but it, uh. But my computer is not making me letting me share the screen for the internet um for some reason um but anyways that was yeah bro that was pretty, that was pretty I, dope. I, I remember jumping up and the way the lambo seats were like it's just like those solid little benches where you don't even have back support mm-hmm. i jumped up like michael jordan did when he uh hit the game, that game yeah, that famous one, and like almost fell down like probably fell down about five, ten rows like it was nuts. I jumped up, and then I seen you, like, doing, like, you look, you was talking. I was like, yo. I was like, that's my homie. That's my homie. Because it was crazy. All I was saying was, you know, I like, kind of like you're, like, sitting down in the stands. Everybody's kind of, like, talking to each other, but, like, not actually looking at it. Like, so I'm like, throw it to Lazard, number 13. Throw it to 13. <laughs> then Aaron Rodgers drops back. He launches it. And I'm like, oh my God. And he, I was like, he caught it. He caught it. <laughs> and so, like, it was like people around me, they were like, let's go. They were like pushing me along, let's go. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, hype, bro. I was very hype. We were hyped after the game, bro. I just remember, bro, you know, we, were being, lit. we were just chilling downstairs, bro, just watching the Sports Center. That's when I watched the replays. And yeah, shit, bro. That's when I realized. It was a surreal moment. For sure. Yeah, that's when I realized, yeah, Green Bay's pretty boring. <laughs> I was like, yo, if we were in like, but but but, but tell, tell me if I'm wrong. I tell I tell people that Green Bay is a glorified Ames. It like is. you know, if if, if Iowa State I was swear. winning, if if oh, Iowa yeah. State was winning, like 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 how we could and should be, yeah. um, you know, that's this, it's the same type of atmosphere and community. Now, yeah. granted, you know, the biggest difference obviously is just there's no student body, so there's just no. Yeah. No one really, you know, my age around. 
Yeah, Green Bay is probably the – as I was sitting down thinking about it, it's probably the worst. Like, as far as, like, if you wanted to do social things, it's probably the worst city out of all the NFL cities. I'm thinking, like, maybe Buffalo. I've never been to Buffalo. But Buffalo uh, – but, you know, Green Buffalo's Bay is – kind of a big city. Yeah, it's more like a community. Yeah, 100%. And it's just the history. And, you know, it's just, but, it's just been part of the city and a part of American football bro, forever. When y'all, you know, when y'all came – first team. I want to say, wait, you went, wait, y'all came to Dallas the week before, right? Yes, because Aaron, Aaron had those, bro, Aaron Jones bro, had those four it was, it was packed, bro. Packers everywhere, bro. That shit, that stuff was <laughs> awesome. I ain't going to lie to you. I was talking noise. I, salt was sick. <laughs> 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 All right, no salt was. But what, but what happened to you after the game? You you fumbled the bag. Oh, stop it. <laughs> bro, I did not fumble the bag, bro. <clears throat> I, mean, I had no shot, I, bro. Like I didn't I didn't shoot because like bro, like I was at all, bro. Like, but I also felt like put it like this. I'm not gonna tell the people who she is because people are gonna try and clown me. Uh, she's sure. a very famous person that was at the Cowboys game. Uh, Beautiful. She literally just walked past us with her mom, and so it was like she, like she was just a regular human being, which is cool that she can do that. But, 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 mind you, we, given the backstory of that, <laughs> you've always hyped yourself up. Yeah, I've always hyped you were myself her, up, and I fumbled. That you gonna shoot? Look, I fumbled and the bag. I'm not saying that I didn't. Okay, I fumbled the bag, bro. But like, Thank you. most dudes in that situation, not saying that. They would have been full 100%. But you yeah. were capping saying, yeah. you know, this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to shoot. I'm actually, I'm just going to go and say it. It was Brittany Renner. Shout <laughs> out to Brittany Renner. Um, I, fo- I, I fumbled the bag and didn't say nothing. When you were at the Cowboys game, you walked right past me. I didn't say nothing. Um, if this does get out to her, follow me. Um, at King March. Yeah, at King March. Yeah, so – yeah, so I fumbled the bag with Brittany Renner. But anyways, back to the back to the football. The Cowboys game was crazy too. You remember Cowboys I was game was smacked. Yes, you were. I thought you had a concussion. Uh, nah, uh, when you like walked that. to the sideline, because you were on the ground, like you were hurt. That game, you were uh, on the ground, and then you got up the and walked off. Where I got hit in the back. My back Bro, was like the last I, time my back was swollen for like eight weeks from I legit, that game. I legit thought like, you know, what I'm saying you were. I was making plays though. Yeah, yeah. No, you made a couple of tackles that game too, for yeah, sure. I want want a punt return or want a punt. I mean, I mean, that would have been awesome to score in Dallas. But I mean, Monday Night Man. Football against Detroit is cool too at Lambeau. Comeback win for sure. So we're gonna try and wrap this thing up. Um, so I'm gonna end this thing with 13 questions since you're number 13. Oh, and make sure. Okay, so at the end we're gonna get your we're gonna get your gamer tags on um, Xbox because you're an Xbox guy, right? Yep, yep. And then we're yep. gonna get your social media so people can follow you. I don't I don't know if you have a okay. YouTube channel, things like that. So Not yet. We'll, we'll, we'll get right. all that information. You should, might as well. But you, you ain't know, got one. I do. I just made one. You YouTube. Oh, okay. Because I'm gonna, cool. I'm actually gonna use it for these for the last word with March podcast. I'm gonna start streaming them. And I'm gonna start eventually once you know I get a get a better place to live. 
I'm going to actually stream it to where, like, I'm going to have people come visit me and we'll do something. Oh, that's lit. Yeah, so first, lit. the first five questions are kind of just, you know, just motivational questions. The last eight are going to just be general public questions that you would just ask your homies and things like that. Okay. So how first was how big was education for you? Uh, education was pretty huge, honestly. Um, looking back, I wish I would have valued education more uh, when I was in school. Um, now that I've been removed from the schooling system and all that, and I'm just solely focused on football, um, you know, I, I wish I would have focused more on my schooling um, mm -hmm. when I was in when I was in college and in high school. But you know, my, my grandpa, my grandpa had always harped on me that education, you know was one of the biggest keys for success in life. And, you know, I think because I am also well-educated too, is that that's what's helping me with football as well. And then I know that's going to carry over um, to my career and to my life after football. And so I think, you know, if you want to do anything in life, you know, you need to be educated and you need to know the right people. All right. Um, so next question, tell us the importance of, basically having the right people in your circle that's kind of like a statement but yeah yeah um you know ever since i mean you really know i've really been around the same people at iowa state you know it was just us ld3 when you came you know our junior year and whatnot you kind of just joined the group and whatnot but it was it's just really always been us you know what i'm saying i've always kind of rocked with the same with the same people in my circle because i know that the same amount of love and support that I have for them, that they're going to reciprocate that. Um, right. And so I feel, you know, especially now I've gotten to the NFL and whatnot, I'm just surrounding myself with, with teammates and other guys around the league that are on the same mission and same goal as me. Um, just to make sure that, you know, I'm not hanging around bad people. I'm not, you know, going out partying and, and doing drugs and getting caught up in, get caught up with the Hollywood life and, and all this publicity and social media and stuff, but rather just, making sure I'm educating myself, getting to know people, um, networking for, for further down the road and whatnot, as well as, you know, having people around me that are just as competitive and have the same drive, goal, and ambitions as I do to push me to be where I want to be in 10, 15 years from now. Right. And, and Green, Green Bay kind of helps with that as far as like... 100%, you know. Green Bay kind of Yeah, yeah, where you're, just, where, you're, where you're isolated, you know, right. I can really just focus on my craft. Right. Um, so next, next question, question number three, if you could talk to the younger Alan Lazar, what are some things you would tell him? Um, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Stop wearing that. <laughs> no, but I, I'd probably tell him, um, I wish I would have, like I said, I wish I would have valued education more um, when I was in school and really try to exp expand my brain and my knowledge as far as that goes, as well as just making sure that I was just in the gym more, mm -hmm. um, working, you know, working on my craft, catching, catching more passes, working on my footwork a lot more because um, it wasn't really to the league where I really started to hone in and kind of lock in and mm -hmm. really understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Yeah, because guys like Devontae Adams, his his footwork release game is Un – Unreal. His, his release and, game is the best in the league. As far as just hands releases, down. easily hands the down. best. Easily the hands best. Down. It's 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 homicide, you know. Yeah. It's, it's illegal what 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 he does with his feet sometimes. And it's and it's not even stuff that he does like. It's not even like something crazy. 
it's it's very it's very simple and subtle simple, but like he's but so like quick, quick. Oh. and effective and the way he's able to control his body in the center of gravity bro, bro, I'm telling you, it's, bro, it's, it's a whole nother level and that's what people man. don't see that's why, that's why like i wish people like could see like the practice film but they should have uh, they and, need to and, and invest, the they need to invest in a camera angle where it's just wide receivers they do, but they just don't. They just they just keep it. You know what I'm saying? They they bro, just oh my just god! Them, I wouldn't even watch the game. Why would I watch the game when Devonte Adams is going up against Jalen Ramsey this week? Why do I need to watch that? Like, I'm watching that. That's what I want to see. But um, hopefully, into, I'm sure I'm sure they'll get to that point. They you know, should hopefully. at least have like it on Game Pass or something. Um, For sure. But the next question is question number four. We know you had goals and motivations, obviously, growing up. But how did you try to achieve those achieve those goals on a day to day basis? So basically, what was your plan? Um, I was actually just you know I did an interview earlier today, kind of talking about this. But I've always been a bigger picture person, mm-hmm. and like I said, I know where I want to be when my career's ended. Mm-hmm. You know, I know where I want to leave my jersey. I know how I want to leave the Packers organization on the impact that I want to have on football. Um, as far as today and the history of it and for the future generations. Um, how I'm going to get there, I'm completely clueless about. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what's going to happen next season if I get cut or if I'm starting and, you know, I'm all pro or, um, you know, I get hurt mid-year. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's so much that I really can't control. Right. And there's so much that I feel like it's pointless to even – think and the worry and stress about those things Mm -hmm. of, you know, I know where I want to go and I know what it's going to take to get there. And I just realized, I realized that it's going to take time more than anything. Yeah. And so I just got to have patience and just kind of have that everyday mentality of just making sure I'm getting better in some way or another. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how, you know, the great ones do it. Um, Question number five and the last one, kind of like the more serious questions. Um, who is the biggest influence in your life? The biggest influence? Um, I would probably say my grandpa. Um, mm-hmm. He had passed away when I was in high school. Um, he actually passed away the same day, uh, the morning of when I played in the Army All-American game. No. Yeah. And so, which was kind of a funny story about that. Not really funny, I guess, but. Uh, it was like a realization and kind of like a spiritual moment for me was that he 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 had had cancer um, mm-hmm. um, for quite some time over about a year or so and mm-hmm. he was you know we knew that the time was coming soon and I just saw him about like ten days before you know he was in in his uh in his like uh retirement home in his oh, bed yeah. and I went and saw him and like a few days later I had left down to go down to San Diego to get ready for the game mm-hmm. or, or San Antonio. And that morning I woke up and I just prayed. I said, God, you know, I, I don't really care if I want to say don't care, but I just wanted my grandpa to be at peace and I wanted mm-hmm. him to be able to watch the game with peace. So I would say, I just told, told him, I said, I'd rather have him pass away now and be able to watch the game from heaven peacefully or to be able to make sure he's, He's able to, you know, watch the game first and then, you know, whatever happens, happens after that. And none but about 15 seconds later, 
my mom came in crying to the breakfast area and told, told, broke the news to me. And, you know, my grandpa, my grandpa really kind of grew up having nothing. You know, mm-hmm. he, he had a b- bunch of brothers and sisters. He left his house at the age of 13 um, to go to go live with another family on another farm to so he could send money back to his family mm-hmm. so that they would have money. And, you know, he worked on a railroad um, in Iowa growing up. So, like, just thinking about, like, he's, you know, he 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 made the railroads. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was yeah. one of the original people to make the railroads. It's just kind of, like, crazy to think about for me, at least. Yeah, but yeah, just seeing this, just to seeing you know what he he what he grew up with and where his family came, where his family came from, and seeing where he was now, where he's a huge successful entrepreneur. He um, was a big part of the community and state center, and you know honestly all across Iowa as far as agriculture mm-hmm. and the farming industry. Um, you know a lot of people knew and well respected him and whatnot. I think he was just a huge influence, and he taught me so much. Um, and the times that I was able to spend with them. And, and I, I reflect a lot back onto those times of his words of teaching and wisdom. All right. All right. Shout out to Grandpa, by the way. Uh, Ernie Allen. Ernest yeah. Allen. That's why I got my tattoo, though. Cause oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the John Fort, the John 14, 6 on my arm. Mm-hmm. I got that my freshman year. But that, that, that morning that, I, that he had passed away, I went to the... That, like, uh, chapel? The, yeah, the chapel service before the game. And the guy there had given me a card. And the card was John fourteen six, which is, I am the way, the truth, and the light. Nothing ends the Christ except through me. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, you know, just kind of gave me um, some clarity and, like, some some peace of knowing that, you know, he was in a better place now. Right. For sure, man. Um, all right, kind of going into, like, just some normal questions. Um, these are the last eight, so we'll try to get through these. Um, what are some of your hobbies you like to do outside of football? Um, well, I told you about – you know about how Manny makes music. Yeah, He's Manny, Manny makes music. Manny Wilkins, um, his, his, his artist name or his stage name would be Five, would be mm-hmm. the number sign Five, then capital I-V-E. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've been living with him this entire um, the entire season in Green Bay, and – we have like a little studio set up there um, that you know about, but uh, he, he's just been making music all year. And he's, I've watched him progress as the year's gone on. And, and right now, especially during this quarantine time, he's, he's really in a bag and he's about to drop yeah. some music actually here on Sunday. And I you know it's, I think it's just the beginning for him and, and his, uh, his career as far as that goes. But what I was going with that was that, you know, I've been around him making music so much, you know, it's kind of inspired me to, kind of tap into that side of my brain of being artistic and mm-hmm. um, just so trying new things out. Are you trying to like produce music or are you actually like, I, I don't really necessarily know. Yeah. Yeah. See like, you know me, I'm not, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not very musically talented. I don't freestyle. Do yeah. Whatever. But you know, I, I just got a piano. So like I played the piano while I was growing up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have some familiarities with it, but I kind of just want to tap back into that and see, and just see, you know, where I can, where I fit in in the yeah. music world, you know what I'm saying? And just kind of right. um, exploring that part of my brain. And I mean, um, I'm pretty sure, uh, what's the F- Philly receiver? He has his record label. He has a record label. It's called Jackpot Records. Uh, you talking about Le'Veon? Nah, the Philadelphia oh. Eagles. He was just with Tampa Bay, the receiver, the big one, Jackson. Uh, Deshaun? 
Deshaun Jackson has a record label. It's called Jackpot Records. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Manny is going to be going somewhere big. So yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, Manny, Manny, crazy. Manny got Manny got some heat. He got heat. It's, like it's, he's he isn't like it, like it, ten it, songs. It's like a hundred. You know, he's got more than a hundred in his. Oh yes, guys, like, he, like he, he, he's got he's got ten songs right now that you know are are ones <laughs> where, yeah. where you're where you're going to be really vibing to and um really well respect him and you know and it's a lot different than. You know, there's definitely a stigma with athletes and music, you know, mm-hmm. of trying to cross over and stuff. And I feel like he really breaks down that barrier of like that discrimination yeah. and whatnot. Because really, like him, like Manny, also with like Lillard, Le'Veon Bell, uh, somebody else raps too. But like they're starting to like break that stigma. Like they're not just more than like obviously, you know, the we're just more than athletes. Like we we have other things that we yeah. like to do as well. Yeah, but some some of those guys are just kind of just doing that shit because you know they got money and they pay a producer to make a beat and you know do all this stuff and right. it's with Manny I know it's a, the complete opposite of that where it's a hundred percent genuine and he's he's really putting everything into this music stuff you know what I mean mm-hmm. and, and really fully commit to it so it's exciting. Yeah, we're gonna have to be on the lookout for uh, Manny's. Do you know what the album or the mixtape album is called? Got, well, well. Um, He's going to drop something on SoundCloud on on Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, which is okay. I don't know what's what's the Sunday, April sixth, April fifth, fifth maybe. Yes, yeah, the fifth. It's fifth, April fifth yeah. actually. But uh, he's going to be dropping some then, and then on five five twenty, um, as of now, he, he planning on dropping an EP with a couple of songs. But uh, so hopefully you'll have this this whole thing up on air and you'll be able to find it on my social media or his social media too. Cool. All right. Question number seven. Since we were talking about music, who are your top five music artists right now? And <laughs> if you want to dabble into all time, you can do that as well. Um, what is Alan Lazar listening to? That's a great question. Well, I, I mean, honestly, I listen to a lot of Manny, <laughs> a lot of five, yeah. you know, like I'm, he's constantly making music, you know, I'm just kind of sitting here working with him, um, just, you know, watching him work, um, doing whatever I can to help as far as that goes. But um, I've been listening to a lot of, a lot of, you know, Party Next Door just dropped his album mm-hmm. um, recently. Um, you know, I, I was a pretty big fan of that. Uh, Don Tolliver um, just kind of yep. came out of nowhere. He's yeah. been really huge. Uh, who else? Rod Wave um, is definitely... <laughs> Definitely Beat. in a bag. <laughs> and he's dropping his album. And he's dropping his album tonight. Oh, tonight? Pray for Love is dropping less. tonight. Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm on that then. But, uh, you know, as far as all time, oh, and, and, I, and I, I'd be reminiscent if I didn't mention Drake and these song leaks that yeah. he has. Yeah, these song this, leaks are crazy. This motherfucker going crazy right now. These song leaks are crazy. And then he has What a Time title, to Be Alive. He has what a, he has what a, oh, baby, young baby. <laughs> he has What a Time to Be Alive, too, just sitting with Future as well in the archives. Man, just kicking. I think, I think Drake's waiting until we go outside. So we're free of quarantine. hundred percent. Shut it down. hundred percent. Hopefully it's 100%. before summer so he can shut it down. But that's what I'm thinking. So um, you said Drake, Party Next Door, Don Tolliver, Five, obviously. And mm-hmm. who's the last one? Uh, that I'm listening to right now. 
Um, I've been listening to, there's this Spotify thing called uh, Chill Beats Instrumental. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just instrumental beats or whatever. And a lot of time, you know, when I'm kind of meditating or if I'm just sitting relaxing, um, I'll just put that music on and just kind of, you know, just get deep into thoughts and, yeah. you know, as far as my goals and achievements and um, just my ambitions and all that stuff. Yeah. But I, I, I gotta, I gotta mention Lil, Lil Wayne is probably one of the greatest of all time, though. Okay. I mean, in my eyes, he's the best rapper of all time. Crazy. They, they my. said. I saw his interview the other day saying that he came out of a studio session with fifty-three songs. He's, he's absolutely insane. <laughs> he's absolutely insane. Like what? Um, I think like you know, his wordplay to me he's kind of you know he's he's fell off because he's getting older and he's just after a while like I mean, you've made so many songs so many creative ideas you're gonna start sounding repetitive and you're gonna try to look for new things to actually do and some of the new things isn't just quite it but yeah yeah and he, he doesn't really have anything to prove either yeah he just has you know, nothing he, he, to prove he, he's the he's, greatest he's, of mine he's done he's done done his time and i think drake done. drake is on his way to being the greatest for sure artist still and my still still to me is michael jackson i mean michael jackson's just straight the king of pop and yeah. that was just a different time too yeah but like, you know, like drake is drake is coming he's coming up to where like he's one of the greatest of, of all time like artist wise man sure man is he so this but this next this next question is gonna get a little interesting what's your mm. favorite road place to play in so far in the nfl oof i liked playing in minnesota a lot minnesota minnesota yeah. i heard is like big it's kind of like cowboy stadium it's big uh, honestly, I think it's small. Uh, I don't know how much is in there, but it's it, it is a very big venue. Like the yeah. how the stadium feels or the the dome feels is, is huge, much like the Cowboys. But as far as seating wise, I don't think they have as much. Mm-hmm. But they do that skull clap, yeah, the Viking, the Viking clap, whatever. And that's like because I'm like a big soccer fan too. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just remember a couple of years ago when Iceland was making a big run in the, in the uh, was it the World Cup? Yeah. And, you know, that was just a, a huge part of them. You know, I just, like, watched from them um, and how they've adapted that. So I, I've just really enjoyed – because I, I know if I played with play for the Vikings and they were doing that, I would just be so hyped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that, that was definitely one of my more favorite venues to play in. That's what's up. I like – yeah, I, f- I think I – f- I, was, I was thinking you were going to pick either that or probably uh, Soldier Field. I played at Soldier Field when I was at – uh, Illinois. Illinois. It's kind of See, like a I played at Soldier Field one time. It's just, not, it's just not like the best grass either, though. Yeah, the grass That's, is kind of, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just not the best grass. But the Cowboys Stadium was up there, too, though. You yeah. Know I mean, they got all the bells and whistles, so. Right. But So, all right, who's your celebrity crush? Oof. You know, I always get this question, and I, you know, for whatever reason, I always answer Selena Gomez. That's, that's a, good, that's a solid that, pick. For sure. But I always feel like there's always someone else I keep forgetting. Yeah. I mean, it's so You know mean. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> there's so many, but Selena but, Gomez is definitely, you know. She's definitely up there know, for sure. Up. All right. This next question is tapping into another dimension that you have. If all the video games in the world were being burned and you could only pick one, like, 
for Xbox, whatever year it could be, any game. What would the game be that you say oh, along, along, along with your uh, like your console, like your uh, Xbox? Uh, NCAA fourteen. NCAA definitely. Like, you you remember that summer? We yes, were we were at it. We were recruiting, making bro, yeah, <laughs> making transactions. Yeah. So we we couldn't beat Iowa on the whatever game that was. It wasn't the fourteen, but oh, it was like the yeah. PS two game. Bro. It was like 2009 or something like that. Bro, we could not be. We were trying to play on all and The computer was just cheating us. Yeah, it was crazy. We played that game for like three weeks straight. We would end it. <laughs> sun up to sundown. Yeah. And then cooking chicken. <laughs> cooking chicken. Bro, because there's nothing else to do in Ames. We, we, like, bro, we, me but, and you were just thugging it out that summer. Bro, it can, you can, it's so easy to get in trouble. Like if you don't have anything other than like football and like school, like when you're like downtime, it's easy to get in trouble and do like stuff that you shouldn't be doing. So playing the game, I remember we were playing the game. I would come over there to make, we made a couple of our songs at y'all's house. We made rap songs on a, a uh, rap salt, yeah, on Salt's uh, laptop or not laptop, his computer in the room. Yeah. And we cooked chicken and then we had like, we just work out every bro. day. We, yeah, we were just chill. Like, we were playing spades heavy. Bro, yeah, we were playing spades. We had the crawfish. Well, no, the crawfish boy was in the spring. Those are some good times, though. Yeah, those are some good times, man. I might have to, like, make that a thing in Iowa, though. Like, I might have to, like, you know, do we got, a, yeah, you gotta have a charity like a, event or something charity like that. charity event in Iowa. And get, like, a, a crawfish boil and, like, to introduce it to people. Yeah, you know what I mean? like, bro. It's just not a thing in Iowa, but, like, man. Bro, I would be there every single year. We're gonna have to, we're, we're gonna have to get that. Uh, we're gonna have to get that started then. We'll have yeah, we'll sure. work on that for next year. Yeah, we'll have to do like this time next year. Yeah, for sure. Like March, April, we'll have to have like a weekend, like a like a spring bro. break type of. We'll have to uh, figure some time. Yeah, get the whole gang back together. Yeah, that'll be that'll be awesome. Or um, we can do it over the summer too, because I was thinking about doing some with some of the basketball guys as well. Yeah. You know, like Monte. Well, that would be have, that would unless they're their season, in like the their season, finals. Yeah, well, the season ends in June, yeah. so you know, anytime after that, really the whole the back end of June, everyone's free. Yeah. All right. Last three questions. What are your plans when football is over? Obviously, you talked about music. Um, you talked. Well, what, yeah, what but uh, I, I honestly, that's. That's why I'm doing this music stuff now. You know, I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I really enjoy and that would I'd want to invest my time in, like I do with football, as far mm-hmm. as you know, another career and everything. And uh, I'm trying to, you know, meet meet other people, meet different walks of life, yeah. um, and just kind of explore my options. And you know, I, I want to travel the world as much as possible. And, and you know, maybe maybe I end up in Europe. You know, maybe I, I find something over there that I I love doing. And mm-hmm. you know, I just want to adapt to that culture. Yeah. It just fits me better. But, uh, you know, like I said, I don't have a definite plan. Yeah. Um, I, but I've, I know I'm going to be doing something that I love mm-hmm. and I'm going to be giving 100% to it. And, and ultimately, I want to be able to touch people and be able to make this world a better place. Right. And, you know, and to be able to, to, be able to love and inspire as many, as many people on this, on this, uh, on this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your favorite dish that your mom or dad made? Uh, handballs. Handballs. Yeah, which 
Did you never have those? You I've never, never had handballs. Okay, well, it's an Iowa dish, that's why. And okay. first of all, I, I must say this. My dad, my dad burns water, so he don't cook. <laughs> <laughs> and you know Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to leave that at that. But my, my, mom's, my mom's an excellent cook, and uh, it's called handballs. There's, there's two dishes that like I had growing up that I realized there's really only an Iowa thing. Handballs, which is like ground up ham, and I think there's like brown sugar and like graham crackers mixed in into it. It's basically like a big meatball essentially, mm-hmm. and you you know just a handball, and it'd just be glazed with this really sweet honey sauce. And then there's uh, bean burgers. Bean burgers I actually got from my friend Elijah Streeter. Um, his dad had made them one night when I was like five or six, and I just fell in love. And all it was is just like ground beef. Mm-hmm. and baked potatoes with like uh bacon in it mm-hmm. and i think my mom like would put like ketchup and mustard in there a little bit to kind of give a little more flavor mm-hmm. but man you just throw this on, a, on a, a a hamburger bun and i would just go to work hey all right man last question top five receivers of all time <laughs> in order in order yes okay this is you can start with five you can start with one it doesn't matter i'm gonna start i'm gonna start with one because i know who one is and that's randy moss i I agree i i I think that's undeniable um but then i have to go to a solid two of being jerry rice who who is arguably a number one because of his his numbers and the impact that he had on the game yes um after that you know there is a it's a it's a whole new ball game um I would I'd rather say my favorite receivers, you know, people that I watched growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, Marquise Colston. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's what, fire. What, 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 he was fire. Dog. Yeah, he was a dog. You know, you, you know cause he because you're a Saints fan, but like mm-hmm. obviously, like you said, you know, when he was playing with Drew Brees, they weren't really good like yeah. that. So he never got this publicity. He never, yeah, that, they never that got he really it. deserved. Mm-hmm. But he was he played a long time in the league and was a dog. Um, Joe Horn was another receiver that I, I watched when I was really young um, that I liked as well. Um, Dante Hall. Mm. Um, I love watching him. But as far as – see – He was he was with Kansas City, huh? He was a yeah, crazy but, punt returner. He's like number two man. in my eyes behind Devin. Devin yeah, was- well, De- Devin, Devin definitely number one. I'm trying to think of like who else I would like. I know I'm just T.O. Calvin Blanken. Yeah, see, I'm gonna have to go with T.O. Yeah, over Calvin for sure because ah, he played, he played yeah, with T. a broken yeah. leg. Yeah, he played with a broken leg. Yeah, T.O.'s a monster. He's and, he's he's my number three all time, and then yeah, it's Calvin, and then I would go Larry at five. And I and I and I know there's like Michael Irvin and there's but those guys, Calvin Johnson, had 14 catches for like 369 yards versus the Dallas, versus the Dallas Cowboys. There's you, you just can't compare. Like he no, and, two people and Calvin, yeah. on him. He was jumping over three people at a time, just jumping up, dunking on people. Imagine, imagine making insane catches, bro. You don't people don't understand at being six five and be able to run a four three five at two forty. It's crazy. That is, that's LeBron-esque, that's, like LeBron-esque type of freakish. 
Yes, yeah, like Zion type of freakish. Like, and if he didn't play with the Lions, bro, like if he, <laughs> he would have played for, he would have played for the Packers other... with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Some <laughs> stability. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. He'd be the best receiver of all time. He's probably the most talented. Ah, uh, Randy. Randy was crazy, like just crazy gifted. But See, R- Randy Calvin was, was OG, strong though. too. Like he was like. He was carrying, carrying people ten yards. Oh, a dog. Yeah. I, but 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 look, I mean, I gotta leave one spot open for me because yeah, once it's done, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. top five, gotta, top five, hey, top five. We gotta top get five. a lot. Of, we gotta get a lot more stuff in, boy. <laughs> <laughs> this dogs. I swear. Uh, yeah, for sure. But it's not only in year one or after year one. So, but uh, I appreciate you, man, being on the show. Um, you're actually you're my first episode um gang gang so obviously i had to get somebody you know my brother you know any uh a person that you know i could depend on ask for anything type and obviously vice versa if you ask me for something um before we go what is your social media your um your twitter your instagram um and then um, obviously like your your gamer tags and stuff if you want to play with me play with you my my social media is all the same it's just alan lazard all lowercase a l l e n l a z a r d um and then my gamer tag is capital g v o lowercase x and then capital cinco on xbox cool man i really appreciate you being on the show and yeah i appreciate the, you having me man i'm 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 honored to be the first episode. Yeah, man. To see where this takes off in oh, yeah. a couple of years from now. This is gonna be like on a show. I might be on ESPN. Then Already be global. Then we got to tell them about uh, the night of the Oklahoma victory. Ah, I gotta make sure. But nah, man. I gotta get my chicken straight first. Right, right, right. Yeah, you gotta get your chicken straight. So do I, but nah, man, I appreciate you coming on and, you know, absolutely, we gonna, we, we, you're always welcome on the show and we're definitely going to do this again. Absolutely. Um, can't wait to be back. Can't wait, can't wait to be in Dallas and be able to link up again, bro. Exactly. And be able to kick it. All right. That's the, that's the end of the first episode. The last word with March and we'll see you, see you soon. <laughs>